In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Craven. And uh, I first wanted to say that if you think I'm saying one thing, there's a C and two T's in the name. So I'm not actually saying that word. I'm saying Schitt's Creek with a C and two T's in it. Just in case anybody wants to call the... If you want to complain, that is the name of the show. And uh, that's an actual last name, and there you have it. So probably probably named as such um, because of its similarity to the word. Oh, that, I have no doubt. Yeah. I have no doubt it's named as such. I've been avoiding this because I knew what would happen would happen, and I'm obsessed. I knew that just by seeing who was in it, what it would do to me, and I thought I don't have enough time in my day to devote to this, and yet. Here we are. I think it's funny enough, I also have the same issue that I will occasionally avoid shows that I'm just like, there's no way that when I deep dive into that. Like, I, I've never actually watched an episode of Doctor Who because... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's... Because because I know me. Like, I've, I've watched an entire series of Star Trek that I didn't enjoy because I had to watch... Like, that you didn't enjoy. I, like, I don't like Voyager, but I've seen every episode. Doctor Who, I look at that and I'm just like, oh man, how many seasons of that are there? How long has it been on? It's been on since when? Yeah, no, I don't have that time uh, right now. I, do, I can't. I cannot commit those kind of hours to something and I'll want to and I can't sacrifice any more sleep. I just won't be sleep. I understand. However, on the upside, compared to Doctor Who, right now there are six seasons of Shit's Creek. It started in 2015. The episodes are, are only 23 minutes long. I'm just Let's- saying... That's, le- that's less time to commit. I mean, right. wh- whereas in when you when you watch an hour long drama, you're pretty much committing, you know, 23, mm-hmm. 23 hours of a season. But like when they're only 20 minutes a piece, like mm-hmm. that's three episodes equals an hour. Like, so, I mean, you're not. It's easy to rip right when, through. When it. you break it down and think about this logically. Yes. So back in the day, I loved a program called SCTV and it came from Canada and it had a spectacular cast. Man, did it. John Candy, uh, Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. I want to say Harold Ramis was, was also on it. Um, if Harold Ramis was on it, he was a writer. I, I think he played like some of the background oh, roles. Okay. And like, I think I, if I'm if I'm remembering right about that, but like he wasn't one of the, the featured uh, individuals. Catherine O'Hara was one of the she was the Jane Curtin of SCTV. So, you know, and if I have to explain or, that, you're probably not listening. And Catherine O'Hara... She's marvelous, and most people would know her as the mom from Home Alone. Well, I mean, not for nothing, those two movies did make a ridiculous sum yeah. of money. A lot of people have seen those, and yeah. she's been in tons and tons of stuff. So she, the reason I bring this up is Eugene Levy uh, was one of her colleagues in Second City TV, and they are now, I am assuming, in their late 60s or so. If not, if not uh, 70s. But yeah, like both of them are... Of, of an advanced age now. And they are spectacular. So Eugene's actual real-life son, Daniel, has written with his dad and produced with his dad this show. And apparently he got inspired 
by watching some reality show. You know, all these reality shows usually take place where something is out of this world wealthy or it was something where really, really, really wealthy people were involved. And he thought, what if, not a reality show, but what if someone who was so insanely wealthy lost everything? What would happen? Like everything, like, is this like being broke when you're Mike Tyson or MC Hammer? Is the, Or is this like when I'm broke? It's like when you're broke. Oh, that's the bad kind. Yeah. So... They're, they're in this incredible mansion, and the, the pilot episode is everything gets taken away because their business manager, they've done nothing wrong. Their business manager took all of their money, like all of it. However, as a joke, the dad had bought this town named Schitt's Creek, and he bought it as a Christmas gift for his son as a joke. And the I, son and the daughter say, well, you could have just Photoshopped the deed. He goes, well, I bought it to get the deed. Why don't you make a fake deed? Well, that's not the joke, is it? The joke is owning the town. Anyway, the government is great, huh? I'm like, I, I've, I've got five boys, so and, and they're, they're not all that old. So I watch a lot of uh, cartoons on Disney+. Plus. I swear, this sounds like a rejected episode of DuckTales. <laughs> like... Scrooge McDuck, for some reason, has bought a town, yes. and he's like, "You do in Lee, yeah, you're going to have to do this." And like, That's exactly what it is. And I mean, like, you know, they go to space sometimes. Sometimes they're looking for artifacts, but like, th- just having the issue where the dad is like, "Oh, well, I bought a town." Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah, because that's a thing. And he bought a town that the government has allowed them to keep because the government saw no value in it. <laughs> that's and <laughs> the mayor of the town is played by Chris Elliott. That's that's also does okay. He, does he? <laughs> and uh, hilarity ensues. I mean, these people are allowed to take, you know, the clothes on their back and a few suitcases full of things, but they have nothing except this town. And the mayor lets them live in the motel for free because they they have nothing. And, you know, when I really think about it, it's like, well, they weren't at fault. Would everything really have been confiscated? And it's like, oh, it's a comedy. Who cares? So, well, and in the, okay, whenever, uh, what is it, uh, Dark Knight Rises, when Bane breaks in, like, and wipes out of all of Bruce Wayne's money, you're telling me there is not some kind of insurance or the fact that right. in the front of 300 people, like, he noticeably like wiped out his fortune. There's not a button or somebody we can just be like, hey, that was obviously not Bruce Wayne that did that. That was a, mm-hmm. a psychopath like costume criminal. Can we at least like, you know, yeah. can we do something about that? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, but still, this is one. You know how there are shows for me like 30 Rock that just make me feel so inherently happy inside. I don't even have to be laughing out loud. Sometimes it's just having it on in the bed. Like, it's yes. just, it's comforting. This is one of these shows to me now. And the character that Eugene Levy's son plays, his daughter is also cast in it, but his daughter doesn't play the the daughter, if you followed that. The son is everything to me. He's he's like this, this 35-year-old man-child, and he's everything. He is everything to me the mere fact that you are willing to mention this in the same like capacity or sentence as 30 rock i like i I, if you haven't listened to every single episode of this or been privy to every (laughs) single conversation jane and i have ever had um 
30 Rock is something she has a great deal of like love, respect, yes. and admiration for. She's willing to just be like, hey, this is maybe it's not 30 Rock, and I'm not saying it's replacing 30 Rock, uh-huh. but like this thing gives me similar delight. Like that's a that's a compliment. Similar delight. I just that's that's like George Lucas going to watch like your your sci-fi movie and just being like I I enjoyed it I dug it <laughs> because that guy has a little bit of influence and knows something about science fiction. You have a running gag with the daughter who obviously was the the parents Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy they worked into money she was an actress he was a businessman they built the the family fortune the kids who are adults, adults, not like 20-year-old adults. They're in their 30s adults. For real, these adults. The, the kids have no concept of what working or not having a staff of 22, that, that's, that's new to them. One of my favorite, favorite things was uh, the, the son, David, was trying to explain to someone about this exhibit that he was a part of in New York and how there was this um, artist that came and as as part of the exhibit she wore the ma- she wore a mask of a fawn on her face she breastfed a member of the audience and it was all about um, salary inequality <laughs> just, just it is absurd it's incredibly absurd and delightful and I don't want it to end so they live there, and there are, are all manner of stereotypes, but not, you know, I don't even want to say that. It's just the, the people they encounter, you know. You have met all of them. That's, that's fun. And they initially... So their Mayberry, if you will, will is, is definitely being derived from who, the, the, the writer's mm-hmm. sense of, of parody or like need to skewer or hoist this upon uh, some pedestal, if you will. And, for instance, Catherine O'Hara's character named Moira. Moira. Moira, right there, you know, right there. Uh, She likes wigs, and all the wigs have names, but you can't put some of them next to each other because they don't like each other. And she was in a soap opera that everyone in the town knew, and so they're very excited about her. And she always goes dressed, and I mean dressed, you you had invoked uh, Second City earlier, and I am wondering how much of this because, uh, in, in infamously, like uh, Groundlings, uh, Second City, um, are I mean they're they're improv dens. Like I'm curious how much of that was actually somebody sat down and wrote. All right, the Wigs don't like each other, and all of them have names. Or if they just gave, yeah. they were like, uh, take a couple takes and just do something funny, and that was one of the ones that they were like, oh, well, that's going in. That one's going in. It's it's the feel-good hit of the season, and watching it makes me forget about everything else. Which, if you have uh, been paying attention this year, um, it, it's almost necessary. And like, yes. I mean, you, you can either, you know, get yourself blackout drunk, which is a bad idea, yeah. um, or you can find, you know, entertainment that you can lose yourself in, which is probably still some kind of... Uh, Sin of gluttony, but if you're going to glut, that's the way to do it. This is the way to glut. This is the way. It's (laughs) it's lovely, and I love it, and I just want to be watching it. And when I'm not watching, it's it's like your first love. When I'm not near it, I'm thinking about it. 
I want to see it. I want to be seeing it now. Right now, I'm thinking about how when we're not doing this, I'll be watching some more of it. It's really all I think. I wake up. Oh, I can watch this today. It, I carry it around with me. And I've already started rewatching it as I introduce it to my oldest child because I know that she, too, will find the character, David, all that. If, if for no other reason than the ability to share your love of pop culture um, and film, um, have kids. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, there's other reasons um, and like they're fun and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But one of the greatest things I get to do is share things that I enjoy with my kids and sometimes hilariously see their lack of enthusiasm in what I'm telling them, um, connecting with them on, you know, a certain show or like you, you never quite know what kind of reaction you're going to get. And I know it's not because I don't have any taste or that I lack the ability to enjoy something that's actually um, enjoyable. I didn't realize this until recently when my children tell me about kids at school and how I was talking about such and such and they didn't know what that was. So many kids, their parents obviously don't love them because they didn't take the time to teach them the important things in life, like what are the good movies and where the good music is found. And these, these, their contemporaries, they, they don't, they just don't know. And it makes me sad because their, their parents dropped the ball. I mean, it, it really makes me feel like we should write like a sitcom or at least a movie called like your parents didn't love you. And it's all about this. <laughs> <laughs> these these two families that uh, that they do love their kids and they make sure that they understand like you know 1984's Ghostbusters is hysterical you understand why this music is good and that one is not you understand why that album is better than that album I will never forget because I started this early we're watching Bugs Bunny and I would I started teaching them voices and my husband would say why are you telling them that they're three years old they don't care I said just let me be and every time someone came on in another movie I say. Do you hear it? That's Winnie the Pooh talking. Can you hear his voice now? This, all these, that's all that one guy. It's all that one guy, Mel Blanc. And they have such an appreciation for things, and they notice these things in other forms of pop culture that it makes me feel good. Well, it's even it's even more delightful whenever they start extrapolating that theirself. Like um, Eeyore and Optimus Prime were at one point voiced by the same one. Like the things I've pointed out to them to hear them like regurgitate that that's nice. That's well and good. But whenever I start seeing them go, wait, hold on. Is that so-and-so like whenever they're doing it themselves and it's based on nothing that I have told that I'm, I'm just like, it's a proud parent. Teach a uh, teacher man to fish and he'll, he'll feed himself. Uh, there you go. And, and part of me does this and I think, well, I didn't make any money off of that, but maybe you'll find out a way to do it. Get mama that beach house, or or at the very at least bury, bury mommy in a nice casket. Uh, <laughs> make sure I get the best medical help like possible, depending on when you decide to monetize this thing that I've given you. Yes, monetize, monetize it all. You're listening to Binge or Cringe. It's brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching on TV. And Netflix has come up with another Christmas movie. The only really downside to this is it did not have Kurt Russell in it. Is there just a a factory at Netflix that only makes Christmas movies? Like they just they log jam them until, you know, like the middle of November. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas journey. Okay. But is it but it's a movie, right? It's it's moving pictures and dialogue. 
It's a journey. So. A, a, a journey that's filmed? Yes. Into a movie? It's a journey. Fair enough. Um, as I'm watching this, and it is a musical, but as I'm watching this, it, I'm thinking that I'm watching The Greatest Showman, only they are, take, it's all taking place in Weasley's shop, Weasley's Wizzo's, whatever the name of their shop is. Mm-hmm. I swear it's the same set for we- Weasley's Wizard, Wizard Weezes. We- yeah. There we go. All for right. that shop. So that shop you, is actually a toy store. Because this is a podcast, you could not watch the both of our gears turning on that. We're pointing at things that aren't in the room, and both of us are moving our eyes. I don't know how that helped, but both of us <laughs> at almost it. the exact same time arrived at it. And it starts with this beautiful older woman reading a story, and... It's Felicia Rashad, and uh, there, there's no, there's no Cosby around her, and it's, and that's a good thing. So she's telling them a story, and the book is magical. Obviously, she's telling a story to, I guess, her grandchildren. And so the name of this movie is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, and it has Keegan Michael Key, Forrest Whitaker, Hugh Bonneville. Felicia Rashad, Ricky Martin, others. And <laughs> What's the, the, and the rest? <laughs> yes, others. You, you don't get to be in the Gilligan's Island theme song. You get your picture, but you're just the yes, rest. you're the rest, other. And it's about this incredibly gifted toy maker who just seems to have the magic touch. And he, he gets this substance for which he has been waiting years, and he's built a tiny man. And I know this already sounds weird. Stay with me. And when he puts the substance in the tiny man, he turns into a sentient toy who uh, has a Spanish accent. He's a matador, I guess. And, and he meets uh, Tim Allen voicing. Now, the sentient toy doesn't like the idea that there will be thousands of others just like him. And so... It's one step away from the sentient toy now kills, but the sentient toy talks to the... You know, if they're running out of ideas for Toy Story 5... There it is. The sentient toy kills would be a nice, Wouldn't like, it, departure from all that Well, that weird bear. I would have believed that weird bear would have been a, a serial killer for sure. I mean, you've got creepy ones, but I'm just saying, like, take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like, go ahead. Like, maybe maybe Woody, Woody just loses it. Maybe. Maybe... maybe Woody is now in a Tarantino Western. That would be interesting. I, I'm just telling you, I'd watch that right now. So, um, the toy, not liking this idea, he talks to the the incredible toy maker's apprentice, who is a loser, and he convinces him to borrow the book of the ideas that this man has, and to take him the toy and the magic juice, whatever it is, and just disappear. And he does that and becomes crazy super rich. And then the toy maker becomes Forrest Whitaker and he is downtrodden and things don't go right for him. Isn't some of this the plot to the Santa Claus, the movie from the 80s? I swear. I don't think that there was a, I don't know. Anyway. I mean, there's only so many ways you can rearrange Jingle, like Jingle Bells. Like at a certain point you are like, I, I haven't watched um, let me count any of them, but like all of those Hallmark movies, like I'm going to assume there's some redundancies on those and like the lifetime movies where like women want to kill their husbands. That's a genre, right? I 
I'm just saying, there's only so many but the ways. the husbands always deserve it. There's only so many ways you can tell that story before you're just like, well, we've kind of already told this, haven't we? So, I mean, it's a it's a Christmas, what is it, journey, adventure? It's a journey. Journey, there it's we go. journey. And what is interesting is they don't say what year it is. It's the year when there's no electricity and everyone wears many layers of clothes that are lovely. And there's a lot of swirling and hat doffing. Um, so, like, are they ball caps or are these, like, top hats? Some. Some are a bit top hatty and some aren't as top hatty. Are, are they the, what is it, the uh, powdered wigs? No. Anybody powder and wiggins? No, I don't see any of that. And everyone uh, knows all the steps to the dances, which is convenient. Is anyone wearing a six-shooter? No. I'm less excited, but I'm still, but still listening. Uh, it is different in that it has a contemporary sound to it, and it is... I pretty much 95% African American, which is lovely to see. Because for some reason, when I think Christmas movies, they're all pretty whitewashed. I mean, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of them that had to do with when they were made, and these movies were just people love the movie, but it's nice. And so they're, it's nice, and they've got some incredible musical talent. Well, I mean, a lot of your Christmas traditions were co opted, like into. Like things. So, I mean, it's not unheard of that, you know, something get whitewashed uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of cobbled together and put into a more digestible version for the masses. I mean, so, it's, it's not unlike Christmas itself. Anyway, I think it's lovely to see a greater variety of skin colors up there. And there is a variety in this. And it's a good movie. You're, you're Benetton. If you it, it is a Benetton. Or Gap ad or CW show. It's a good movie. I think for the most part, kids would enjoy it because the, the toys that are made are really fascinating looking. And they have they have gears and things turn and it's like, ooh. So it's they, kind of steampunky. Yes, almost. it's okay. very steampunky. The, the clothes, yes, it's, it's Victorian steampunky. Which and, I believe is the name of the Punky Brewster reboot mm -hmm. coming to the NBC app. It is, Victoria Steampunky. So there is a lot to like about it, especially if you are tired of the same old... Now, you know, of course, there's going to be Christmas magic involved, but... Probably carols, some yeah. snow. And that's what I think that's what I like the look of it, because just this the Victorian look, and you throw some snow on that, it's like, oh, Christmas... So I enjoyed that. And speaking of, I, just let me jump back to Schitt's Creek again. Uh, the dad was wearing a, a night shirt and something was going on. And his son said, you can't go like that. There's, you, you're about to see the three ghosts of Christmas. He says, you, you've got to change this right now. Anyway, in my mind, that connected. So it's the, the Ebenezer Scrooge yes. night. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very. It, it worked for me. But uh, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, I think is fun and different and Yes, because it's a Christmas story to some extent. You've seen it before. But this one is a little different. So there's that. But it's not so different that it doesn't make you go, oh, Christmas, yay. You know? And I think I think most family members would like it. It's It's got enough going on that you can watch it with young kids. And even if they're not paying attention, there's a lot of swirling of things and and happy explosions and and dancing and there's not a lot not of not like still. the apocalypse. It's not an ap apocalypse now explosion. Like, no, okay. and it's not a it's not a Bergman film. It's uh, I think they would enjoy it. So Jingle Jangle, a Christmas journey. 
is right now on Netflix. It is a Netflix film. Yes, they're becoming. Netflix is the new Hallmark. So what's Hallmark becoming? They're the new Lifetime. And what is Lifetime becoming? They're the new Gen X. It's, I'm not even. I'm not even certain what that means. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're new. They're now. They're hip. They're happening. Anyway, that's it. So you've got um, something truly magical, and then you have a Christmas movie, uh, both of which happen to be on Netflix. I know which one I'll be watching again when we're done with this, but that's just me. Thank you so much for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.